have just asked you to unmute, Ami. Can you hear you, Ami? Can we all please mute? Because it makes it not easy to sing. Oh, we're not muted. Uh, sing along with me, please. Sham Yashavnu Kambachinu Bezachrenu et Sihion Bezachrenu et Sihion By the rivers of Babylon By the rivers of Babylon There we sat and there we cried as we recalled Zion, as we recalled Zion, Al Naharot Babel, Al Naharot Babel, Sham Yashavnu Gambachinu Bezachrenu et Zion. By the rivers of Babylon, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat and there we cried as we recalled Zion, as we recalled Zion. Shall we see who else has joined us or shall we go on singing? Yai lai 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 Yai la 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 lai Yai la 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 lai Anani, 
Merhavya Anani 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 Va Merhavya Minna Meitzar Karatiya Sorry. 
still sharing yeah oh my goodness where am i i think if you hit escape on your computer that might work oh my god it doesn't have the little thing to do it um scroll up near the top of oh here screen. i know okay sorry okay welcome welcome everyone thanks for joining us I would say it's nice to have you, but we're here for morning. Morning, so we'll we'll refrain from my traditional lovely to see everyone's faces. So here we are together for our morning. I just wanted to be clear for folks who may not understand when we say uh, Yishmael, we're talking about the Palestinians. So um, some I'm not sure if everyone understood that, but that's why we say it. The other child of Abraham. The other child of Abraham in solidarity for their well-being and our well-being. So that's why we do that. So um, I'm going to start by reading some of the um, Haftorah of Isaiah that we read on the past Shabbat to give you a feel for what the prophets were warning the people about um, regarding the destruction of the temples, what we're, what we're going to be mourning this evening, among other things. Um, so I invite you to just, I'm not going to share it. I'm just going to read from it as an opportunity for us to really hear the voice of the prophet crying out in agony, in God's agony. Hesha likes to say the prophets feel God's pain. Um, perhaps you can relate. And... Um, and what, the, what Isaiah is saying and the prophets are saying is, you have sinned, Israel, and this destruction that's going to come on you is, is not because of some evil other, but because of your own sins. And it's not even like, it's even stronger than missteps. <laughs> you fail to take care of the needy and the widow and the stranger and the orphan. You fail to um, embody the highest values of what it means to be. Um, a people of Israel, of Israel, an Israeli people, a uh, people of God. So um, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to read some portions of it. So you can just close your eyes or and just uh, listen to these words of the prophet. Isaiah. Isaiah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I reared my children and brought them up and they have rebelled against me. An ox knows its owner, an ass its master's crib. Israel does not know, my people takes no thought. Ah, sinful nation, people laden with inequity, brood of evildoers, depraved children, they have forsaken yod Vavhe, spurned the Holy One of Israel, turned their backs. Why do you seek further beatings that you continue to offend? Every heart is ailing and every heart is sick. From head to foot, no, spout is sound, no spot is sound. All bruises and welts and festering sores, not pressed out, not bound up, not softened with oil. Your land is a waste. Your cities burnt down before your eyes. The yield of your soil is consumed by strangers. A wasteland 
As Saddam, Fair Zion is left like a booth in a vineyard, like a hut in a cucumber field, like a city beleaguered. Had not the Lord of hosts, or Yudhebabe of hosts, left us some survivors, we should be like Saddam, another Gomorrah. Hear the word of Yudhebabe, you chieftains of Saddam. Give ear to our God's instructions, you folk of Gomorrah. What need have I of all your sacrifices, says Yudhebabe. I am sated with burnt offerings of rams and sweet suit of fatlings and blood of bulls. And I have no delight in lambs and he goats that you come to appear before me? Who asks that of you? Trample my courts no more. Bringing oblations is futile. Incense is offensive to me. New moon and Sabbath proclaiming of somnities, assemblies with iniquity. I cannot abide your new moons and fixed seasons fill me with loathing. They are become a burden to me. I cannot endure them. And when you lift up your hands, I will turn my eyes away from you. Though you pray at length, I will not listen. Your hands are stained with crime. Wash yourself clean. Put your evil doings away from my sight. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Devote yourselves to justice. Aid the wronged. Uphold the rights of the orphan. Defend the cause of the widow. Alas, she has become a harlot, the faithful city that was filled with justice where righteousness dwelt, but now murderers. Your silver has turned to dross, your wine is cut with water, your rulers are rogues and cronies of thieves, everyone avid for presents and greedy for gifts. They do not judge the case of the orphan, and the widow's cause never reaches them. Stored wealth shall become as tow, and he who amassed it a spark and the two shall burn together with none to quench. Mm. Beautiful. Well, um, <laughs> we're, we are a society that is, uh, um, should be hearing these words every day um, and understand that if they deserved it then, how much more so do we deserve it now? Pardon me? I was wondering if you want the gallery view so you can see everyone, we want the spotlight on you. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, how much more do we deserve it now? Um, and, uh, um, and that gets into one of many issues about um, Tisha B'Av, um, what are we mourning? At one level, we're saying we're mourning how far we've come from what our tradition told us could be possible. Um, at another level, we're mourning all the suffering that's in this world as a, as a result of not living up to the, um, the commands of our Torah and as one as the commands of our Torah, of course, these same commands exist in almost every existing, surviving from the ancient world or even from more recently, um, spiritual and religious tradition. All of them are, um, have this thought in them, uh, have this message in them. And all of them, including ours, have 
people who are um, doing all the rituals and covering up the, fail the, the moral failures of, of our community and of our world. And uh, it's striking and sad to see that still happening. And, um, and yet there it is. That's the reality that, um, that these crimes that God says, I don't want to hear, have any more of your sacrifices, okay? mentioning the specifics because in those days they were sacrificing animals to God. And uh, as uh, my teacher Zalman Schachter says, uh, um, God, God doesn't really need a big lamb chop. Okay, he's not waiting for your lamb chops to get. What, what he needs, what she needs, what it needs is um, a different kind of ethical order that we have, have to create. And, um, and we're not creating it. There's a, um, uh, a tradition that says uh, in the Talmud that says, every generation that doesn't rebuild the temple um, are actually destroying the temple. Now, what is that? What could that mean? Um, well, at one level, um, clearly that's an awful big burden for us. <laughs> right, to be rebuilding the temple. But um, by the temple, they don't mean, um, they, they, they don't mean the actual physical reality of the temple. They mean the place where we were closest to God, where we, where we could be closest to God. And that place now is for us everywhere on the planet. There's no place on the planet where we can't be rebuilding the temple. But rebuilding the temple really means rebuilding the kind of ethical order and a way of being that our tradition teaches us is necessary to sustain life in the world. Uh, now, on the other hand, that seems like a huge burden on us, right? That we're supposed to do that. So um, the Svad Emet, a, um, a, a Kabbalistic teacher, um, a Hasidic teacher, um, uh, says, well, um, yeah, rebuilding the temple um, today means um, that each of us can put a little, our little stone in it, our little, uh, our little brick in it to rebuild it. And build, what, what does that mean, rebuild, putting our little brick in it? It means um, doing what, all that we can within the context of our lives to make a world that we really need. Um, are we doing that? Well, of course, on the personal level, we get into that on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Right? Those are the days of personal repentance. But on, uh, on Tisha B'Av uh, is, the, is the day, on the one day, we probably could have used a few months of it, but the, uh, the day of, of um, mourning for our collective failure as a, as a people and saying, okay, um, how far are we from uh, being able to, in our generation, say, our generation did put um, some more uh, bricks into the temple wall, that is to say, into the, um, into the kind of world that, uh, that um, without which the world won't work, without which we're going to face 
more and more of the destruction that we faced in the past. So, um, so that's a way of thinking a little bit about what, um, what this, this is about. And there, there's more to talk about um, uh, in trying to understand what Tisha B'Av is before we actually read the, the morning, uh, read the, the, so um, I, I thought to um, look up, try, try to research uh, and put before us some of the suffering that has gone on in our people. Now we know that um, uh, uh, many people alive today, many Jews alive today are saying, well, we hear from Judaism is a lot of suffering and we want it to be more happy and more joyous and so forth. And I totally subscribe to that. I think that was what the wonderful contribution of Hasidism was uh, uh, and, and continues to be for our people, at least the neo-Hasids that would call themselves Jewish renewal. Um, but, um, but there is a day when it's okay to mourn, okay? And um, uh, it's, it, it makes sense for people to say, okay, I don't want a religion that's all about mourning, but one day in the year, it's, a good, it's okay to take this one day to mourn what our people have lost and gone through. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna sit down and research what I can say are, what are the big things, what are the things that we've gone through? And I started to do that, and I really got overwhelmed when I really got into the details of how much pain and suffering our people hold. You know, and I mean, I know it intuitively. I know it from my, from my training as a psychotherapist. I understand, but, um, but when I say, um, look, our people is a traumatized people. Um, it's a people that, uh, however screwed up what Israel is doing and so forth, it's still, uh, you can see it through the frame of uh, a traumatized people. Um, and yet, when I started to, to look at some of the specific things over the course of the past 2,500 years that have traumatized us, 2,600 years, um, it was overwhelming. And I actually couldn't finish what, um, what I started, but I'm gonna, I wanna read to you uh, some of the, just a, a, a selection from diff the different, um, uh, uh, each hundred year period from then till, till I gave up because it was just too much. What? Yeah, that's, that's a long way off. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, I do remember it. So, um, so let's start with um, the captivity of our people uh, of the northern part of, of Israel the part that was called Israel at that time, the Northern Kingdom, when it was conquered by the Neo-Assyrian Empire in 740 BCE. Um, that, was the, uh, um, that was the event that led to the um, uh, exile of many, uh, many of the people who identified 
um, with the Mosaic tradition and uh, uh, our tradition now says, okay, they were the 10 lost tribes. They disappeared from history. Um, uh, so um, they were resettled as captives by, um, the, by uh, the Assyrian con conquerors and they were lost to us. That's one level. The next thing is 586 BCE. That's the time during the reign of King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, the, the second of the, the, um, the leader of Bab the Babylonian Empire, um, who came and conquered, uh, conquered Judea, destroyed the temple, and captured the, uh, the king of Judea and exiled at least 10,000 Jewish families to Babylonia. That started um, the period of, um, of diaspora already um, because when um, some 70 years later, uh, King um, Persia conquered Babylonia and Persia had a different policy, not of taking all the, the leadership of a communities that it had conquered and bringing them to the mother country, but allowing them to stay in their, the country as long as they paid the taxes to the mother, to the imperial power. Um, so, so we're mourning in part the loss of that, that temple. Now I have to say just as an aside, um, uh, I'm mourning the loss of those people and what happened to them, the trauma that happened to them. I, I mean, um, thank God we don't have a temple today that was continuous with the ones that we had back then because we'd probably still be sacrificing animals and um, unless the rabbis had figured out a way out of that, but it was better that, that not the first temple, but by the time of the second temple where they were still back in sacrificing animals, it was a good thing that uh, that, that temple doesn't still exist. But we have, what we're mourning is not what the, t the temple, but the meaning of holy space that, uh, and the, uh, the joy that it gave people to be able to come to a place and celebrate together that which was um, the core of our tradition, which wasn't the sacrifices, but it was the, the spiritual and ethical teachings. Um, and those spiritual and ethical teachings have survived. Um, so let me move on from 586 to, um, um, let's see which, um, to um, 38 BCE, in which um, Jewish riots erupted in Alexandria, e um, uh, Egypt, and countless Jews were killed, and um, synagogues um, were defiled, and um, Jewish leaders are publicly scourged, and the Jewish population is confined to one quarter of the city. Um, doesn't sound like as bad as the, the worst things that have happened, but it was pretty intense for people. In 19 of the current era, the CE, the Roman emperor uh, Tiberius expelled Jews from Rome, okay? Their expulsion is recorded by um, Roman historian um, writer Suetonius. Um, and um, so being expelled from your, the land, the homeland that you have or the place where you settled. So this is the experience of, of diaspora already. There are Jews who are living now in Rome 
who come back to Jerusalem every Sukkot to celebrate the hol that holiday together, but, um, but who are making a life for themselves. In, and all of a sudden, because they're Jewish, they're expelled from, from the city. Um, and uh, in 37 to 41 of the Common Era, um, thousands of Jews were killed by mobs in Alexandria during the, what we say was one of the first pogroms in our history. Um, and, and this was recounted in the writings of Philo. Then we go to 66 to 73 CE. This is the destruction of the second temple uh, as, as a result of the first Jewish rebellion against, um, against the oppression of the Romans who were doing everything they could to suppress Judaism and not allow Jews to, to uh, practice it. And um, according to um, the um, historical record that we have, um, there were um, uh, uh, many thousands of Jews were killed in, uh, in, in that time and the, the temple was destroyed. Um, and uh, some historians now claim that there were as many as a million uh, uh, people, who, a million Jews who were killed at that point. Um, 97,000 were taken into uh, into captivity. They were brought to Rome as slaves. And um, if you've ever been to Rome and seen the Arch of Titus, Titus was the, um, the general who um, led the onslaught against the, the temple. And the Arch of Titus has very um, clear drawings of uh, people going into, um, of Jews going in, into, um, a captivity with their, with the, uh, the menorah and other symbols from the, from the, from the temple. So, okay, now a hundred, hundred thousand is a lot. Ninety-seven thousand are taken into slavery, um, but a million. Are, uh, some uh, historians now say were actually killed in that struggle. Uh, well. I'll skip again to um, 96 CE. This is the time that Flavius, uh, uh, that Titus Flavius, uh, the nephew of the Roman Emperor Vespasian, um, uh, uh, supposedly wanted to convert to Judaism and he is put to death by the Romans um, as, the, as the, um, uh, as an act of atheism towards all the gods, the Roman gods. So um, then in 119, um, uh, Ro the Roman emperor Hadrian bans circumcision, making, making it impossible for Jews to, um, well, to follow the commandments. And, um, and eventually that ban and then a subsequent ban on studying Torah leads a bunch of rabbis to join with um, Bar Kochba in a rebellion. That rebellion um, leads to the destruction of the Jewish state, Jew, that, that Jewish state entirely, and um, the exiling of, um, 
many, many, many people. Um, some say that there were over a million people killed at, at that time. Uh, some say it was more than a million. Again, these uh, uh, were depending on historians who may not have the exact um, uh, the, um, the exact figures right. Um, so I'm going to skip ahead to um, uh, the, let's see, um, I think I'm at, um, yeah, I'll just try this. They skip a set ahead to the third century um, the fourth century of, um, of this uh, uh, common era, CE, when Constantine enacts various laws regarding the Jews. Remember that Constantine was the emperor who, um, who actually abandoned the old uh, um, gods of the Romans and adopted Christianity. So Constantine in 315, enacts various laws regarding the Jews. And uh, most important, conversion of Christians to Judaism is now outlawed. Congregation, uh, congregations um, um, for religious uh, service are restricted. Jews are allowed to enter um, uh, the, uh, the temple ground temporarily um, as they had been forbidden to do since that rebellion of um, but uh, they're again expelled from Jerusalem in 325 CE. And in the first ecu uh, ecumenical council, it's called, of Nicaea, um, the Christian uh, church separated totally from Judaism and made sure that the holidays would not fall at the same time. Um, and uh, here's this, uh, some of what they said at that time. Uh, it was declared improper to follow the customs of the Jews in celebrating um, in celebration of the holy festivals because their hands have been stained with crime. They mean the murder of Jesus. We're the ones who are being blamed. And um, the, the minds of these wretched men, that's us, are necessarily blinded. Let us then have nothing in common with the Jews who are our adversaries, avoiding all con uh, contact with, uh, with the evil way, their evil ways, who are after uh, having com composed the death of, um, of, uh, um, of our Lord, um, uh, are guided not uh, not by sound reason, but by an unrestrained passion uh, um, where uh, their innate madness uh, carries, uh, carries, uh, carries them. Uh, no single uh, point in common with these people. Okay, so this is like as strong an othering statement as you could get. Right. This is the foundation of of the of the new of the Roman Catholic Church now in power, and um, so um, 
I'll go from there. To, that's in 325 um, to, um, uh, to 353. Uh, Const, uh, Constantius II institutes a law stating that any Christian who converts to Judaism will have their property confiscated. Then in 380, um, St. Gregory of Nyessa calls Jews murderers of the Lord, assassins of the the prophets, rebels and detesters of God, God God, God, companions of the devils, a race of vipers. Well, it's not very far from there to um, the church then seeing these people as um, so deeply evil that a, um, a debate arises in the church in the, ne- in the, in the fifth century, that's the 400s, um, about whether um, we, we now, the weaving, the Romans and uh, the Roman Empire, the Holy Roman Empire, the Roman Empire that is now a Christian empire, um, should kill all the Jews. And um, uh, because they they've uh, they deserve it because they killed uh, Jesus right so um, and um, uh, actually the the Jews are saved by Saint Augustine whose argument is is this that um, uh, it's important to keep Jews alive and in a and, and in an impoverished state and in a state of suffering so that people can see what happens to those who, who reject uh, Jesus, who reject God, who reject the Son of God, who reject, who reject um, our religion. So, we, um, so instead of killing off all the Jews, we'll let them stay as long as we can make sure that they're staying in conditions of abject poverty and oppression. So few of the um, of even American Jews, much less um, uh, much less uh, non-Jews, understand that the position of Jews as having relative economic success has only been in the last 150 years, and that for most of our lives, at least mo- uh, most of the Jewish life, well, um, uh, our people were uh, uh, the ultimate in the uh, poor, poor of the poor. There were always a few who weren't, but, but almost the majority of the people were living in conditions of desperation. And this wasn't something that, uh, that somebody came along and said, well, maybe we should uplift them. No, they wanted us in that con- condition to show what, um, what, could, uh, what would happen to anybody who rejected Jesus. Um, uh, now, um, I'll skip ahead to 615, um, the earliest referral to the, um, uh, the, um, the concept that no heretic could be believed in court. So Jews are not allowed then to testify in any, uh, in any public court um, against any non-Jew because we, um, we don't deserve the right to that since we are such a distorted people. Um, and, um, um, well, I'll skip ahead some more to, um, um, I think I'm, to uh, 
640, when uh, no, uh, 681, the 12th um, Council of Toledo enacts anti-Semitic laws, or I'm just picking it randomly because I've got so much here that you would, would be here all night if I read all the specifics. Um, in 694, the 17th, 17th Council of Toledo, um, King uh, Ergica um, uh, er, uh, believes rumors that the Jews had conspired to ally themselves with the Muslims in Spain. And so um, he forces Jews to give all land um, and buildings bought from, from Christians to his treasury. He declares that all Jewish children over the age of seven should be taken from their homes and raised by Christians. And they attempt to do this. Okay, this is in Spain in 694. Um, okay, moving right, right along. Um, in uh, 740, uh, um, the uh, first Archbishop of York, now we're in England, bans Christians from eating with Jews, okay? So um, the tradition that eventually came to say, well, we shouldn't be eating with non-Jews. This is, this, is, um, uh, this is coming from them saying, no, you can't eat with them. They're, um, they're pol a polluted people. Um, in, uh, hmm? Okay. All right, I'm gonna, 845, okay. Um, well, uh, I have pages and pages of this, okay, of all these different inc incidents. Um, um, Well, I'm just, um, in t 10 t 1096, the first crusade um, takes place. And on their way um, to Jerusalem, this is a, uh, a group of people who are believing that they want to save Jerusalem from the Muslims. Um, and restore Jerusalem as, this, as one of the holy cities of Christianity. So on the way, um, they pass through, okay, the forces, these are forces that mostly come from uh, Western Europe, and, uh, including the United Kingdom, but also including France and uh, all of the other states in Western Europe, go through Germany. And on the way through Germany, uh, in the Rhineland, where Jews had settled, um, the, uh, um, they decide to attack the Jewish Rhineland under the slogan, why fight Christ's enemies ab abroad when they are living among us? And so Rhineland under the, uh, um, uh, becomes the center of a huge slaughter of Jews. And um, uh, 1,200 1, Jews commit suicide rather than being forced to escape, um, forced to forcibly con uh, converted. Um, uh, and um, 600 are massacred in Mainz in one city, 
but the total um, are said to be 5,000 who are murdered. The most graphic ones is uh, uh, that there were several um, uh, uh, shuls, little temples, that, that uh, little synagogues that Jews prayed in, and the uh, and the um, uh, crusaders pushed them into those into their synagogues, locked the doors, and put it on fire. And so these Jews burnt to death, um, hundreds of them, in in different synagogues in uh, in the Rhineland. So um, uh, that was um, in ten. Uh, 1096, uh, um, and um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, is in um, uh, in eleven ninety five after falsely being accused of ritual murder, and you probably know what ritual murder is, that is the claim that Jews were killing young Christians and using their blood to make matzah. And of course, anybody who knew anything about Judaism would know that that immediately makes it trafe if you're using blood, you know, to Jewish blood or non-Jewish blood to make matzah, the matzah would be trafe. You couldn't possibly eat it. But um, of course, these people were, um, doing the kind of thing that um, you now get on Fox News, namely, you know, lie, overt lies that are meant to inspire people to hate other, the other. And we were the other. And we've been the other throughout, um, throughout most of Western history. And that's why when it pops up again in this historical moment, it's not such a surprise. It shouldn't be such a surprise. Um, what? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna stop here for a moment, jump over to 1492, and Ami will talk a little bit about. Um, uh, but or let me just say that in in the 1200s, um, all all Jews were expelled from England. Can you believe it? England, 1200 in the 1200s, all Jews were expelled. In 1300, all Jews were expelled from France. And now in, in the 1400s, Ami will tell us about uh, uh, Spain. Yeah, the, uh, the horrors continued in, in Spain and for centuries even before 1492, as, as Rabbi Michael uh, referred to. And how ironic uh, that we had gone through the so-called golden age, golden years of Spain, when uh, the Moors and Jews uh, lived together and produced so much incredible literature and science and um, uh, but all this uh, gave way to the darkness of the dark ages uh, and the massacres and the uh, Spain then was composed of various uh, countries uh, within one larger country um, but in 1391 there was a massive outbreak of massacres uh, in Seville, in Cordova, uh, where um, Maimonides lived 100 years, 150 years earlier, in Toledo, in Catalonia, in Barcelona, uh, it, like fires were starting to flare up throughout the country, and Jews were uh, being um, uh, were being killed, uh, the pogroms, 
uh, were, were rampant. Uh, they had been sporadic before, but they became more and more rampant for all the reasons that we've already talked about. Uh, and this period after 1390 presaged the um, Inquisition. Um, the 1400s, by the 1400s, Jews were wearing badges. Um, and in, um, uh, in the 1470s, um, the, uh, uh, those that were converting and were called conversos, uh, they were for, and there were, hundred, there were tens of thousands converting to save their lives. Um, but uh, that's when the uh, con, con, uh, conversos, as well as the Moranos, the, especially the Moranos, the, the Spanish word for, for pig, the Moranos were the Jews that um, uh, were supposed converso, conversos, but secretly practiced Judaism. The auto de fe's began, the uh, burning at the stake, uh, public uh, mass murders, under the um, uh, eventual development of the Inquisition uh, that um, just ran throughout the country and uh, captured and, uh, and killed. Uh, tens of thousands. Uh, by 14, um, the mid-1400s, only 100,000 Jews were left, and the hatred continued unabated. Jews were living in the Juderias, the ghettos uh, in the various uh, cities. Um, and in 1492, uh, Ferdinand and Isabella uh, put out the Alhambra Decree under much pressure from the Catholic Church and from Torquemada, who was the Inquisitor uh, General, um, and this decree was to finally expel the Jews completely from Spain. Um, and uh, they were to leave in four months. Uh, the, in Columbus's diary, he says how ironic it is that the day he is to be set sail to uh, go to um, uh, find the Indies, so he called it, uh, is the day that the Alhambra decree was um, uh, given. Um, and they were to leave in four months, which would conclude one day before Tisha B'Av. Uh, they think that about 50 to 80,000 were, were uh, exiled, um, and this did not guarantee safety. Uh, ship owners who, who carried people on ships, uh, many Jews were killed on board. Um, they were killed and their stomachs were cut open because they were told that there was diamonds and gold that they had taken with them. The horrible, horrible situation did not stay, did not finish at all. Uh, Portugal was no haven, uh, and uh, Jews were killed there too. Um, but they dispersed, as we know, and I'll conclude, to the various countries uh, out of Spain. They went to northern Africa, uh, to Morocco and Algeria. They went to the western part, the western Sephardim. Safrad is the Hebrew word for Spain. They were called Sephardim. Um, they um, uh, settled in the, the Far East, in Turkey, which treated the Jews the best, by the way. Um, in, 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 uh, and in Europe, in Italy, uh, and in France. And uh, the Mizrahi Jews were the ones that le settled in Lebanon, Egypt, and Syria and acquired um, Arabic uh, culture again. <sighs> and this Alhambra decree was finally rescinded in 1968. 
Um, the language that developed was Judesmo, Judeo Espanol, or Ladino, as we know it today. And it is still a very vibrant language uh, in many of these communities spread throughout, which also includes the Balkans. Uh, and uh, Sarajevo was uh, a, a large, uh, has been a large center of that. And I'd, I'd like to sing a song with you. Um, yeah, Rab Michael's right. We could stay here all night describing the horrifics, and we're going to read a little bit from Echa, a description of what happened throughout the centuries. Um, here, tell me if you can see this. Is this okay? Kat, can we see it? Yeah, we can see it. Okay. And this is a um, a song that um, talks about the tradition of taking of during these expulsions during the expulsion from Spain, people would take the keys to their homes in the hopes that they would someday be able to return. We don't have to think too far to a similar situation today uh, of uh, the Palestinians. Um, many hold on to the keys that they were forced to. Uh, of the homes they were forced to leave behind. Um, but back then, this, and so this song is, Donde esta la llave? This is written in a, uh, a Ladino. So it sounds very much like Spanish, but it's not quite. Donde esta la llave que estaba en cajón? Mis nonus la trucheron con grande dolor. Con grande dolor de su casa de España, de España. Sueños de España, sueños de España. Onde está la llave que estaba en cajón? Mis nonus la trucheron con grande amor. Dijeron las dos fichos, esto es el corazón, te muestra casa de España, de España, sueños de España, sueños de España. Onde está la llave que estaba en cajón? Mis nonus la trucheron con grande amor. La dieron las los nietos a meterla a cajón. Muestra llave de España, de España. Sueños de España. Sueños de España. So, <clears throat> thank you, Ami. Thank you, Ami. Um, so, <clears throat> with the center of Jewish life that had been in Spain now uh, totally destroyed, um, Jews, as Ami said, started to go all around the Mediterranean, and uh, and many Jews, having been expelled from from uh, of Britain and France and now Spain start moving further and further east. And um, so that eventually we get a, um, a strong presence in what 
sometimes is Poland, sometimes is Russia. Uh, the, the names of the countries change, change with who, whichever um, country has won the last war and uh, changed the, change the uh, um, boundaries. But um, by the 17th, 18th, 19th centuries, the center of Jewish life is really there in Eastern Europe. And Eastern Europe is no exception uh, from the other places that we live that um, uh, a, uh, a set of areas are set up, ghettos, ghettos are uh, imposed in Italy and in, um, and in, uh, in others of the countries, but in, in, um, in Russia and in Poland, um, certain areas are put aside as the areas that Jews can live in and um, they can't go out of those areas. And, um, uh, and the problem is, is that the struggle against Jews, the anger at the Jews, the, the using of the Jews um, uh, uh, to, as the sort of, um, let's see, somebody wrote in the, in the chat that, well, why did this happen? Why is it hatred of Jews? And it's, uh, it's a little hard to answer in a, in a single sentence or two. I mean, I, I can definitely give a lecture on it, but, but uh, let me just say that um, uh, you, know, you might ask, well, why is there a hatred of blacks? You know, whatever. So the, the, um, <clears throat> the first thing is that um, the ruling elites saw Jews as a group that had, that could possibly um, be the scapegoat that would alleviate pressure when things weren't working for people, when people felt angry at the system, um, that anger was turned against the Jews by the, by the leadership of these countries. And they said, the Jews are the ones who are doing this to you. And that was made um, plausible, uh, particularly in Poland and, and Russia, by, um, by having Jews um, who had certain skills that were um, that the ruling elites could use, namely that the Jews were um, uh, um, able to read and write, and uh, most of the population didn't have that in the in let's say the 17th, 18th, and even 19th centuries in um, in much of Western of Eastern Europe. So the Jews got the jobs, okay, and they took the jobs of being things like the tax collectors for the for the rich landowners or the um, the the people who ran uh, the um, the taverns or um, places that people would have to pay in order to sleep um, and drink and um, um, no, no most of them weren't that most of them were uh, uh, dirt poor and you know doing things like carrying water or uh, working hard labor in various ways. Um, but Jews were prohibited from owning land or really working on the land. So, um, uh, and, and there was a popular culture and the popular culture was Christianity and Christianity was saying, these people are devils, they're evil people. They just care about themselves and they killed God, whatever that could mean, okay? They killed God. So um, when you ask, well, why? Insof um, insofar as people believe that, um, 
they saw these people as intrinsically evil. Um, there's a very interesting article in the New York Review of Books. Um, I've forgotten which, which uh, issue, but it was sometime in the last three or four issues um, uh, by a, an English professor. Again, I'm blacking his name, but he was somebody that I actually knew when he was teaching at Cal in the 60s, but then he went to Harvard. Um, and um, he writes about an experience he had in uh, earlier this year in which he was um, visiting, um, uh, was it, let's see, was it Spain or, yeah, I think it was Spain uh, that he was visiting. And there's an annual show there, an annual celebration of, uh, of uh, a, and it's a play that uh, people take parts in and um, that goes for over several days worth of this play. And this play has as its theme, the, um, and it, this play gets thousands of people from all over the country to come and, and see it every year because it's a, because as he says, it's a very spiritually high experience for people. They are, they love it, they feel, and, and it's in large part about how um, the um, uh, how Mary was being um, put in danger by the Jews and um, and the host, which is the the um, uh, the uh, bread and um, and wine that is used for the um, uh, for sacrament, but which is believed to be actually Jesus's body. Uh, and the story is is that the Jews. Um, whenever they can, take knives and, and, uh, and try to destroy this. Now, this is not just in this one little play. This is all over Europe. People believe this, that, that Jews are looking for any opportunity they can to re-kill Jesus, okay, which they do by um, putting a knife through this uh, um, basically bread and wine th uh, substance that they say is the... This is the body, and this is, uh, if, if you've ever been to a communion, you hear uh, at least a, an, or, uh, a, um, an Orthodox, a Catholic um, uh, communion. Say, so this is the bread, and this is, this is the body, and this is the, um, uh, the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's what you're eating in communion. Okay, when you take communion, you're eating that body. That's, that's what they're saying, okay? But eating the body is making identification with it. The Jews don't eat the body, they kill it. They're, they're killing it again. And um, okay, this is just one of the things that's, uh, it's this kind of culture suffused all of Europe for hundreds of years. And it added to the, um, the feeling that these Jews are evil people who wanna kill, kill our liberator, our, uh, you know, we want to kill the person who's going to bring us, uh, bring us, uh, if not in this world, then in a future world, some happiness to our lives. That's one level of it. The other level, of course, is that ruling elites have always found that the Jews would be a convenient scapegoat when people get upset about their lives and, and are told that it's the Jews who are doing this. The Jews who have all the money, 
the Jews have, that's why the bodies get cut, cut open right on that, that uh, Ami, Ami talked about. They're hiding, they must be hiding it someplace. They must have swallowed it in their, inside themselves and they're keeping it there. So cut, cut open their bodies. Now I'm admit, I acknowledge that um, the, this isn't the way most Christians today, at least in the United States, think about Jews, but it was for a very, very, very long time part of the culture of, those, uh, of um, European societies. So I'm not gonna go now through what's happened in the last 300 years. It's yeah, because that part I think we're all familiar with culminating in, in the Holocaust. Um, and, but it's not over. It's still there in the culture in some parts and it's resurfacing in, in fact in the United States and in Germany um, and, um, and in, in other places around the world, this hatred of Jews. So it's not all done. When I was growing up, it was like, oh, well, we finished that. We won the war. It's gone. It's, it's, uh, but uh, now we're seeing it resurfaced and uh, even some of the symbols of the hatred of Jews being tweeted by the president of the United States, tweeted to other people with a level of deniability to say, oh, well, I don't think it was a, I don't think it was an anti-Semitic thing. I was just, uh, but, okay. So um, these are the things that for one, one day on Tisha B'Av, we have a right to stay, uh, spend a little bit of time mourning. Before we're gonna go into that morning though, I'd like to suggest that we go into a small group. What? It's 910. What? It's 910. I was gonna do a little reading. Okay. Okay. It's 910. Okay, it's 910. And you're, um, go ahead. I, I take it back. We're not gonna do But maybe can we have a few minutes right right here for people whatever to? You no, we whatever, can't. Whatever you want. Uh, okay. You go. No, go ahead. Yeah, no, you go. Do what you want. It's okay. No, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to do that. And I said, okay. Okay, go. Um, so, um, so I was going to just do a brief, brief um, grieving explanation about why, why grieving is important. Because in our culture, we are very uh, adverse to grieving. We don't know how, we don't tend to do it. And when I say our culture, I mean both the Jewish culture and the United States culture, in which we're submerged, most of us. But, um, and the, the problem with that is that when we fail to allow ourselves to grieve, then we don't tap into the embodied um, pain and trauma that lives within us. And then we can continue to recreate that trauma in future generations. And so we can see that in many ways from the trauma of the Jewish people and how it's playing out in Israel on, on Palestinians. And our fear um, based on this in, literally embodied trauma and um, Tirza Firestone has written a book about this. It's really wonderful, uh, Wounds into Wisdom. That trauma um, interferes with our capacity to heal ourselves and to respond in the in the world in wise ways, as she would say, and then we just reenact it. So grieving becomes a very important tool 
to allow ourselves to actually feel the trauma of our history that lives in ourselves and pores and beings so that we are freed from it or can begin to free ourselves from it. It's an ongoing traumatic process because as, as anti-Semitism rises or as bombs are dropped um, in Israel, it activates that on a very visceral level and makes it hard for us as a people to step out of that activated emotional place and think more rationally because we get, um, we go into fight, flight, or freeze, essentially. Um, so, and then we have a whole bunch of stories about our history and here it is again. And instead of being able to contextualize actually what might be leading people in some circumstances to feel angry at the Jews and then to draw on inappropriate anti-Semitic tropes um, as an expression of that. So, um, I just, I just want to acknowledge and name that, that grieving becomes very important. And as a Jewish people in particular, it's even though we have this holiday, um, it's not actually something that we do very well. A lot of people don't participate in this, uh, in this ceremony. A lot of people um, read it and kind of wallow in it instead of reflecting and feeling it in their bodies and letting it move through them and inform them. So I invite you as we go into this to um, allow yourself to feel it in your body. Um, you might notice where tension arises or heartache arises. It might be in your heart, it might be somewhere else. And, and to just be with that and let yourself experience it. The, the um, words will be on the screen so actually no one will see you. So you're free to have your emotional experience without feeling like you're being witnessed or observed during it. So do you want to do something? I'm going to the... Go ahead. Okay. So Ami? Yes. Ron. So, I'm going so, into Echa. So Echa is the book of Lamentations in the Bible that was allegedly written by Jeremiah. Um, who witnessed the destruction of the first temple. And he's expressing the pain that he saw and he felt and um, that was going on uh, at the time. We're gonna read um, uh, uh, some Hebrew, some English of several, um, several of the chapters and um, uh, allow ourselves to feel some of the grief that he was feeling and it was, that was the first real moment of grief. And boy, we have so much more on us as, I, as I've tried to illustrate by going through some of the history. Okay, are we able to see the first page? Yes. Okay. Echa yashva vadad Ha'ir rabati am haita ke almana rabati vagoyim sarati bamdinod haita lahamas crying she will cry in the night her tear upon her cheek there is none for her no comforter from all her lovers. 
All our companions play traitor with her. They became for her enemies. Galta Yehuda meoni umeirovavoda. He ashvava goyim lomatsa mahanoach. Korod feha hisiguha bein hametzarim. Zion's roads are mourning from being without festival goers, all her gates desolated, her priests are moaning, her girls grieving, and she it is bitterness for her. Ki ya hoga al ropsha eha Ola leha al hushvi lifnetsar. And all her splendor went out from daughter Zion. Her ministers were like deer, not finding a place to graze. All her companions. Play traitor with her. They became for her her enemies. Oh, I'm sorry. And so they walked without strength before a pursuer. Jerusalem remembered the days of her poverty, affliction, and her downsliding. All her precious things which were from days long ago, while her people fell into a foe's hand, and there is no help for her. They saw her, her tormentors, laughing over her, becoming stilled. Sinning she sinned, Jerusalem. For this an outcast Nida she became. All who honor her despise her, for they saw her nakedness, also her. She is moaning and turned around backward. Tumata bishuleha lo zochra acharita vateret plaim ein menachem la rei ya et onyi kihigdil. Oh, yeah. A foe trauma spread out his hand over all her precious things. She saw other nations come within her holy place, which you commanded her. They won't come in with the community to you. Kolaman and Achim Vakshim Lechem. Not nu machmadehem be ochel hashiv nahafesh rei ayavahabita ki hayiti zolela. Never to you, all who pass on the way, all of you look and see, could there be pain like my pain? which was doled out to me, which you'd have caused to grieve in the day 
of Yah's furious anger. Mimarom shalach eish ba'atzmotai vayirdena paras reshet l'raglai heshivani achor netanani shomema kol hayom dahavav. The harness of my sins lashed on, they were tied down by his hand, brought up unto my neck, making my strength fail. Yah gave me over into such hands that I am unable to stand up. Yudhevavhe spurned all my mighty warriors within me. Yah called out over me a feast for breaking my boys. A winepress, Yudhevavhe stumped for daughters, Judah's girl. Over these I am crying, my eye, my eye, she drops water, for so far from me is any comforter, a restorer for my life. My children were decimated for an enemy overwhelmed, triumphed. Per Sion beadeha, Ein menachem la'atziva yudhevav hele Yaakov sevivav tsaharav Haita Yerushalayim lenida b'neihem Righteous is yudhevav hey, for his mouth I rebelled against. Listen, listen, please, all peoples, and see my pain. My girls and my boys walked captive into captivity. I called to my lovers, those deceived me. My priests and my elders, they wasted away in the city. While they sought food for themselves that would bring back their life, soul. See, Yudhevavhei, for mine is torment. My guts were churning. My heart overturned within me. For rebelling I rebelled. From outside sword bereaving in the house like death itself. They listen for I am moaning. There is no comforter for me. All my enemies listen for my evil. They rejoiced for you did it. You brought the day you called for, and let them become like me. May all their evil come before you, and deal to them as you dealt to me for all my sins. For so much are my sighs and my heart is sickened. Eleven, Ami. I'm sorry. Two eleven to twelve, and then twenty to twenty-two. Chapter two. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're going to just read part of chapter two and four, um, and the parts that I'm reading have to do with the um, impact of this on the on the children. My eyes were used up by the tears. My guts churned up. My liver poured out to the ground over the shattering of my daughter people with exhaustion of babe and suckling 
in the town's squares. To their mothers, they would say, where is rain and wine stretching themselves out like a corpse in city streets with their life force pouring itself out onto their mother's chest? 20, Ami. See Yudhe and look to whom did you deal thus if women will eat their fruit, coddled babies, if priest and prophet are murdered in, in Yudhebhabhe's holy place, laid down to the earth in the streets, young and old, my girls and my boys, they fell by sword. You murdered in the day of your anger, you slaughtered, you had no pity. You would call like a festival day for my neighbors from all around. And so in Yudhebhabhe's day of anger, there weren't any escaped or remaining, which I had nursed and raised my enemy finished them all. Is there a going to? Yep. You've got to touch up the four already? No, we're doing three minutes. Yet. Okay. So I'm doing... Can I just start to see it? I think I can see it more clearly there. Okay. Chapter three. Ani ha'gevera oni b'shevet evato oti nahag I am the person who saw affliction through the rod of his burning anger. God did drive and God led darkness in the light. Ach, even against me. God turned up, uh, ending uh, God's hand all the day. God barricaded against me and I cannot go out oh, I get away um, God weighed down my bronze shackle my bronze shackle even when I would cry and plead, he stopped my prayer. Is Eva Dove of Heavenly Aria the Mystery? Next page, Ami. It's not moving. Ay. Okay, okay well, we have another. 
Exactly. Okay, I'm sorry. I, excuse me. I, I'm, sorry. I, I, I'm so apologize. Uh, okay. Okay. It's not. It's not advancing. I'm sorry. It's not advancing. Yeah. I can I can get it from the PDF and put it up. Okay, if you could, I, I'm sorry. I'll try one more time. I will. Um, when you were online, what line were you on? Do you know? Uh, let's see. I'm on the. Six, I was on the Gimel line. Okay. Oh, here I got it. I got it. I'm sorry. We're back. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, you were you were on. Uh, Yeah. Forgive me. Here we are. Don't worry. It's uh, this is life. Verse. Verse. Worst thing that should happen. Verse what? Six. Uh, well, no, can be verse yeah. six. Yeah, this is where you were. You have one Bob actually. You seen there? Yeah. He barricaded me against me. I cannot go out, get away. He weighed down my bronze shackle. Even when I would cry and plea, he stopped my prayer. He barricaded my ways with stone blocks. My path he twisted. For me, he was um, a bear ambushing a lion, hiding places. I, um, my ways. Whoops, go down. Next page. Yeah. My ways, he diverts. He would tear me up. He made me dis. It made me desolate. He worked his bow and made me stand as the target for their arrows. He guided into my kidney, my kidneys, what came forth from his quiver. I was laughing stock for all my people, their songs all the days. He sated me with bitter herbs and overfilled me with wormwood. Okay. He broke my teeth with gravel and pressed me into ashes. My soul was spurred from, uh, was spurred, spurned from peace. I forgot goodness. And I said, I have lost from Yudhe my endurance, my, and my hope. Remember my affliction and my scattering wormwood and gold. Remembering she will remember my soul and will sink down upon me. This will I turn toward my heart, for so will I hope. Yudhe his kindness, they are never done, for her, his mercies are not used up. They are new by every morning. Great is your trust, faithfulness, my portion. My portion is Yudhe said my soul. Therefore, I will hope for God. Tov Adonai Lekavav. 
ונפש תדרשני, טוב ויחיל He should put his mouth in the dust. Maybe there is hope. Put out his cheek for the one who strikes. Be satiated with shame. But I would not spurn us forever. For if God is aggrieved and shows mercy, It is according to God's love abundance, for God did not afflict from his heart and aggrieve human beings. To crush under his feet all imprisoned of the land, to make a, uh, bent, to make a bent man's, ju man's judgment right to the face of it, the highest, to twist wrong, uh, twist wrong a person in his struggle, wouldn't, uh, would Adonai see that? Wouldn't Adonai see that? Okay. Okay. Let us search our ways and our ending deep. Let us return unto Yerevave. Let us lift our hearts up our, hand, up our hands, stretching them towards God in the heaven. Let uh, we, us, we sinned and rebelled, and you, God, did not pardon. You took shelter in such anger, and you would per pursue us as mur you murdered without pitying. You sheltered yourself within a cloud far beyond prayer, beyond prayer. Scum and refuse you would make us in the midst of the peoples. My eyes stream and won't silence herself. She cries with no breaks, no stutters until Yudevabhe would look down and see from heaven my idol sorrow, my soul over, over all cities, a city's daughters. Hunting, hunting, they hunted me like a bird, becoming my enemies for no reason. They sealed off my life in the pity in the pit and cast stone against me, 
Waters flood over my head. I am cut off, I said. I called your name, Yudevavay, from the pit far, far from underground. You heard my voice. Don't hide, conceal your ear to my plea. Relief, relief to my cry. You were near the day I would call. You said, don't fear. Adonai, you struggled in my soul, my soul struggle. You saved my life. You saw my twisting. Now judge my judgment. You saw all their vengeance, all their designs for me. You heard their shame in Yudevape, all their designs against me, the speech of those rising at me, their obsession over me every day, whether sitting or rising up. Look, I am their sing, their sing song. You will pay them back, Yudevape according to the work of their hands. You will make their heart wall up. Let your curse be for them. Pursue in anger and destroy them from under Yudhevav heaven. Ten, I mean four, sorry. I'm returning to some of the children. A suckling's tongue stuck to its palate with such thirst, babes sought bread, none break it off for them. Okay, I'm gonna keep going. The ones who eat for delicacies were wasted in the streets. The ones nursed on scarlet were hugging tree, tree heaps. And my daughter people's iniquity grew great beyond the city of Saddam, the one overthrown as in a moment and no hands were laid on her. Her Nazarites were pure beyond snow, clearer than milk, red of bone, more than rubies, their cut-shaped sapphire crystal. Now darkened beyond black suit is their form. They are not recognized in the streets, their skin stretched taut over their bone and it was dried out like a stick. Better were the sword slain than the famine slain for those drain away, stabbed through of the field, merciful hands of merciful women, stewed their children. They became provisions for them in the shattering of my daughter, people. So we're going to step away from this for a moment before we go to chapter five. And I'm going to read something that I wrote for a class I took on Lamentations, in which we were invited in this class to write letters. So this is a letter that I wrote for that class from the children in Lamentations to me or us today. So this is my rendition of those children's voices speaking to us today. We lie here in the streets, our bones protruding throughout our pig skin, crying for our mothers, seeking the comfort of their breasts and the warmth of their hearts, yet they are dying too. They think we don't know, can't see, but just because we're young doesn't mean we're blind or stupid. We saw the injustices in our city, the lack of care for the needy, the greed and selfishness of those with power, but what could we do? 
We cried out to those in power like the youth of your days, and they mocked and ridiculed us. They said we were too young to know what we were talking about. They gave us the child brush off, pretending not to hear us. And here we are now, still crying, now dying. And we are asking now, why us? Why our mothers? Why do those with the least power endure the greatest suffering? Our lives, bodies, and stories used as metaphors Yet we are not just metaphors, we are real people. And who is this God? Where is God today? And where are you? Do you hear me? If so, listen to the voices of the children, of the dispossessed, of the disempowered, of the needy, of suffering mothers, and of those struggling to make ends meet, because their voices, our voices, have unique stories to tell. No one knows our suffering better than us. No one understands what it's like to live on the edges of society like us. No one knows what it's like to be silenced like those who are silenced. Children can see and say things that others often can't because we still hold our hearts open to love. We still yearn for connection without fear. We still hold out our food to share with others because we don't know any better. Not yet, anyway. Remember, this is where you came from. You too, at one time, gave without seeking anything in return. You too, at one time, loved unconditionally, trusted completely, lived without fear. We can see the destruction and devastation that comes from building a world based on fear, on hatred, on scarcity, and on greed. Can you? Chapter five. Yeah. Oh. Again, it's, I'm having trouble. Um, let me try one more time and then maybe cat. You got it? Yeah. Okay. I think. We were orphans. There is no father. Our mothers are like widows. Our water we drank for money, our wood came only with a price. On our neck were we pursued, weary, and none would let us rest. Egypt we stretched a hand, Assyria to satisfy bread. Avotenu chatu. Ve'enam va'anachnu avonotehem savalnu. Avadim ashluvanu porekein miadam. For our lives we bring our bread 
from before the wilderness is soared our skin like a furnace glowing from before the delirium of hunger women in zion were victimized girls in judah's towns ministers by their hand were hung elders faces shown no majesty no respect bahurim Unarim ba'etz kashalu zekenim mishar shavatu bachurim minginatam. Our heart ceased; it stopped any joy. Our dance overturned into mourning. The crown on our head is fallen. Oy for us, for we sinned. For this our heart was sickened, for these our eyes darkened. For Mount Zion that was desolated, foxes went through her. Ataha Yudhevavhe Leolam Teshev Kisacha Ledorvador. Lama la netzach, why would you forget us forever? Abandon us for the span of time's days. Hashivenu yudhevavhe elecha venashuva chadesh yamenu kekedem. Turn us yudhevavhe towards you, and we will turn. Renew our days like long before ki imaos me astanu katsafta alenu ad me od Mommy, you're not sharing your screen just so you know oh it says i'm screen sharing i'm sorry it's it Okay. Well, the last line, the it's last two lines. Okay. I, I don't know what's happened. The last two lines are Hashivenu Yudhe Vavhe Elecha Venashuva Chadeshya Menu Kukedem. Turn us, Yudhe Vavhe, towards you, and we will turn. Renew our days like long before. For what if rejecting you did reject us were enraged over us so very much? Sorry, I, I didn't realize I wasn't screen sharing. It said it was. Um, let me try to screen share the song. Do you see that? Can you see that? Yes. Okay. Well, th that concluded the the book of Echa, and this is the last line uh, that we said in the book of Echa. And, um, Michael, is it okay if we continue here, or would you rather um, do something differently? To say something. Okay. 
Okay, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'd like to say something about what we've just read. And um, I mean, at one level, <clears throat> we're hearing somebody writing 2,500 years ago about what the experience was of watching the destruction of, um, of the Second Temple and of the city of Jerusalem by the imperial conqueror, okay? Um, we've had 2,500 years of imperialism uh, subsequently governing our world and uh, um, in which we have been uh, one of the major victims of, um, of these kinds of realities. Now the interesting, uh, there are many interesting things, issues that I think we're not gonna stay up and talk about right now, but that I wanna at least highlight for a second and maybe we'll talk about them uh, in our Torah study on, on Saturday. Uh, um, uh, they, uh, one of the reasons why the Jewish people were able to survive in the ancient world, when, uh, when a, a people were conquered by another, another people, they, um, the reaction. Can you still hear us? Okay, we're still there. Wait, are you hearing somebody saying yes? Yes, we hear you. Uh, okay, we, it's disappeared from our screen, but you can still hear us, so, okay. What? Can, you can hear me talking? Yeah. See, we yeah. can't see it. Yes, there we go. Yes, there we go. We I got it back. Okay. okay. You, can hear, you can hear me so far? Yes. yes. Loud and clear. When, when, when a people were conquered by, uh, um, by another um, another's, uh, country near them, by another imperial power, um, the reaction was usually something like this. Okay, your gods are stronger than our gods, so we give up our gods. And um, <clears throat> that approach led people to, um, to feel like, okay, their religions are um, invalidated by, by the power of the other country or the other imperial power, so they don't need to be loyal to that. That's what eventually made it possible for Greece and then Rome to dominate not just um, uh, materially, but also um, culturally in the ancient world, unifying everybody into a um, Hellenistic culture the, um, that was then taken on by R Rome because the people didn't hold on to their uh, individual traditions so much or eventually gave them up because that what seemed to be realistic was the power of the conqueror. Now we, on the other hand, the Jews had the opposite reaction. We said, um, uh, you know, this is proved what, that the prophets were right in what God was telling us, that it's because we weren't creating the ethical and, and um, loving society that our Torah had told us we were supposed to create. And that's why the, uh, the enemy has uh, prevailed. In other words, it's not because of their superior power or their superior gods, it's because we have failed. Now, this, so this raises the issue of self-blaming and when it's appropriate and when it's not. And I, I don't wanna get into it now, I guess we'll talk about it on, uh, on uh, Saturday because it, it opens up a lot, a lot for everybody. But it turns out, now you know that a major thesis of 
that we've been putting forward in the in Tikkun and the network of spiritual progressives and in our um, and in the research that I did is that the self-blaming that comes down the pike in capitalist societies is extremely destructive and hurts people very, very much and makes them powerless. So uh, that self-blaming is um, destructive to their capacity to stand up to oppressive reality. But, con but on the other hand, the self-blaming that the Jewish people engaged in was actually empowering, okay? Instead of being disempowering, it was empowering. Um, is that totally true? Well, it was empowering somewhat. Um, it, it gave people a way of understanding their suffering that made them not have to discount the, the truth of, of their tradition. They turned to their prophets and the prophets said what, what we read at the beginning, that, you know, hey, this is a people that is going to be destroyed if it doesn't, um, if it doesn't obey God. Now, another point to make about this is, this is not an individual um, repayment for evil. It's a collective. The message that's being given is that if a society does not in some way embrace the values of justice, of love, of caring for the other, that that society will eventually collapse. And um, uh, we may be seeing that right uh, in our own day and in our own lifetime. Uh, one might say that um, uh, the failures of liberals in power to actually create uh, a, a just society, to um, pretending that they believed in that, but then actually retaining the class structure and the dramatic inequalities that existed under uh, that, and in fact, were made stronger uh, in the regime of, of the Clintons, and then uh, and then continued on through the um, through the, the the Republican administrations, but then also with uh, Obama. It didn't really take on um, changing that world that was uh, incredibly unequal and oppressive for a significant section of people, including peoples of color. So we're, we're hearing peoples of color speaking out now, but we're not hearing the, um, the voices of working class people as, uh, who are not people of color speaking out in any clear way. And partly because their self-blaming still is directed against themselves and not, um, not recognizing the need to change it. Any event, this, so th what this, all this raises is a question about where, when is self-blaming empowering and when is it not empowering or disempowering? What are the distinctions that need to be made around that? But to be able to hear this text, because this text is amazingly self-blaming, but then it's not only that. Because you can see every once in a while, the writer, um, let's assume it's Jeremiah, turns and says, no, wait a second. What? You know, okay, we sinned. Our parents sinned. They created this uh, screwed up society and they don't exist anymore. But we're suffering now from their, the consequences of this and it's not really right. And so there's a subtext in, in, uh, in Echa, in this book, that is a rebellion against God. It's the saying, calling God to question, why? You know, and 
they, then they cover it up at a certain point and say, well, you'll take care of them eventually. You'll, you'll pay them back for what's, uh, what's been done. But that tension is a tension that the book raises. And um, am, uh, let me just ask, am I right that everybody wants to go home now? <laughs> right. Um, or do, or do. Well, we still have um, a couple songs. So. I know, I'm, I'm, but before that, I'm wondering, should we talk about this now or should we just postpone it till, till Saturday? I think we should postpone it, it's 10 o'clock. Okay, Kat says we should postpone it since we told you it was gonna be over a quarter of 10. So we're gonna postpone it. Uh, um, and, um, uh, but these are issue, deep issues that are raised by this book and by how do you respond to our suffering? How do you respond in appropriate self-blaming and inappropriate self-blaming? How do we distinguish them and where, where does, um, and, and how do we empower ourselves sometimes by self-blaming and sometimes by, uh, by um, rejecting the self-blaming? So, um, uh, so we're going to go to Hashibainu. Okay. Go ahead. You can put, if you can put up those words. Okay. Yeah, we can. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, wait, wait, I'm sorry. One second. I have to. Can you unmute me, Kat? You're not muted, Ami. Oh, okay, good. But you can see the words, I hope. Yes. Okay. Hashivenu, Hashivenu, Yahelecha, Venashuva, Venashuva, Chadesh, Chadesh, Yameinu. to continue with another song or how should we proceed uh, Michael and Kat? Elizion. Okay. Uh, not the whole of it but just a, a, a version. Yeah. This is a, a, a and I, I don't have the uh, translation up here I, I apologize for that it's a, uh, a song we sing at the conclusion um, and uh, it kind of reviews a little bit what it uh, said in Echa, um, but uh, with a hopeful note. Hey, hey, let's see. Hey, 
ציון ויעריה כמו אישה וצירה וכפתו לך גורצה על בעל נעוריה עלי ארמון אשר ניטש באשמת צאן אדריה ועל ביד מחרפל בתוך מקדש הדריה איי ליי ליי הררי ליי יאללה ליי יאללה ליי 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 יאללה ליי 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 אלי ציון ויעריה כמו אישה וצירה וכפתו לה חגורצק על בעל נעוריה. since the tradition is that uh, um, on the day, this day of fasting, which goes from now till dark tomorrow night, although um, in the, after the state of Israel was created, uh, uh, many branches of Judaism fast till noon tomorrow instead of till, till dark, because, uh, and use the second half of the day to think about rebuild, the kind of rebuilding of the world that we want to do. Um, We barely scratched the top the surface of all the things that need to be repaired in order for us not to go through yet another one of these uh, extreme uh, destructive periods in which Jews and everybody else is going to suffer um, but as I say we'll we will try to talk about that more on Saturday in the Torah study part of Saturday at 10:30 I hope some of you will be able to make it uh, back there and And go into that before we go into the um, the, the prayers start at 9:30 for the traditional shop this morning celebration of the universe and then at 10:30 we go into Torah study but I think we need to carry on a little bit of this the issues that were raised here tonight by by this um, so um, so I want to thank you all for being here and uh, invites you to come and be with us again on Saturday when the, uh, the theme is of healing, of repair. And in fact, the tradition says that the next seven uh, Haftorahs from, from this coming Saturday till Rosh Hashanah are Haftorahs of hope, of uh, reconstituting our 
our sense of possibility and hope after the darkness that we've been looking at. Um, so, um, uh, and the song, the song of the partisans, was written by people who Jew, Jews who were uh, in the forests, uh, had escaped from the ghettos in, during the Second World War, and had created uh, um, armed forces that could, in a tiny little way, um, uh, 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 challenge the Nazis and, um, uh, and fight. As, uh, so instead of going into the, um, it, seeing that, that as a people going into their destruction without, um, without fighting back, whenever possible, people did fight back. Um, and uh, the partisans were the group that organized to fight that fight back. And this was written by Hirsch Glick, who himself escaped from the ghetto, escaped a camp and rejoined the partisans and then was murdered in the uh, in the forests. Never say that we never say that we have reached the end of hope. Though clouds of darkness make it hard for us to cope, the time of peace and justice and loving is still near. Our people lives we proudly shout that we are here. The time of peace, justice, and loving is still near. Our people lives, we proudly shout that we are here. Al natomar hine darki achrona et or hayom mistiru shmeya nana zehayom nixafnu lo odia alve yavo umitzadeinu odiarim anachnu po zehayom nixaf. We'll have the morning sun to set our day aglow, and all the yesterdays will vanish with the foe. And if the time is long before the sun appears, then let this song go like a signal through the years. And if the time is long before the sun appears, then let this song go like a signal through the years. Good night, everyone. Laila Tov. Laila Tov.